back over again. Uh, hold on one minute. Each time I start the lesson for the until God tells me not to, I'm going to do this warning. Hopefully you all will catch on what the warning is all about. Uh, I haven't had anybody ask me yet why I'm playing this, but I, I, I want somebody to uh, actually, why, why are you asking me? Why are you playing this on it? In the Old Testament, God sent the prophets to speak to the people, and that was a warning. So he has said, give everybody a warning. So this lesson is a warning as to what God is saying to us. Okay, if you grab your Bibles, and we're going to go into, uh, I think it's Amos 6. We're going to go to Amos 6, and then there's going to be other scriptures that we're going to be dealing with. I think during this week here, I did send some of you the video. I, I put it on the uh, uh, notification line from last week, and the video about being complacent. Amos 6, we're going to talk about woe to the, woe to the complacent. Uh Let's see, let me just go ahead and, and jump right into it. And, and so that we can get complacent is, it means that's when you're, when you're comfortable as to where you are. And when we look at this day and times, uh, along with some people are saying, well, I, I, I'm saved. Jesus, Jesus, I believe in Jesus. So I have salvation. So we're just complacent. We're satisfied with where we're at, but we're not doing what Acts 1 and 8 says for us to do. Now, starting Amos, Amos 6, and verse 1 said, Woe to you who are complacent in Zion, and to you who feel secure in Mount Samaria. So relate this to our day and time, you all. You notable men of foremost nations, to whom the people of Israel come, uh, go to uh, Chaldea and look at it. So think about some places that you've never been. Look, look at some uh, uh, Hawaii. Look at uh, just look at some different places that you've never been, and and look at up that way, uh, Kanye West and bought almost the whole state of Wisconsin. Look, look at places like that. Verse two says, "Go to Kenya and look at it. Go from there to Great Hamath, and then down to Gath in Philistia. Are they better off than your two kingdoms 
This is what God is speaking to the set of people. He said, "You." He's, he's doing it through his prophet Amos. He's saying to the people, listen up, listen up. You're too complacent. You're just sitting there doing nothing. He said, you put off the day of disaster and bring near a reign of terror. Israel's sinful case was shown as uh, what, procrastination. And a lot of us has that spirit. What, what they did because they were at ease. At ease is a form of resting. Now the uh, last week, the the class that we had, it was basically on the girl that had the red shoes. Remember the red shoes? And what the mother told her not to put the red shoes on. And she put them on anyway after the mother died. And then she had, uh, had uh, I think it was the lady that adopted her went and bought her some red shoes and the lady told her she don't wear the red shoes when they're having this big event she was supposed to black, wear the black shoes that the lady had bought but she put on the red shoes and she danced and danced and danced till she danced way off into some land missed her opportunity and finally when she took the shoes off she got a grip on herself and went back home today when I sent out the the um, video about Little Red Riding Hood I hopefully you all are able to take these natural videos and apply them in the spirit and see what is happening. The very first thing that's happened that the mother said, well, the grandmother's sick. Go over to the, through the woods and take her a meal. Isn't that what the mother told Little Red Riding Hood? And she said first, do not speak to any strangers. All right. Think of that for a minute. Now going on, now Israel's sinful ease was shown in cruelty to men because he caused of the seal of violence to come near. That's in verse, that's what verse 3 means. And uh, also Israel's sinful ease, that word is mean rest, was shown in a love of self that's called pride and self-indulgence described in Amos 6, 4 through 6. I'm, I'm going to come back there. Verse 4 says, You lie on beds adorned with ivory, and you lounge on your couches. You dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. You strum away on your harps like David, and impulse improvise on their musical instruments. This is what the, he's giving you an example of why we become so relaxed, so complacent. Verse 6 says, you drink wine by a bowl full and use the finest lotions, but you do not grieve over the ruin of Joseph. Relate that to you, relate that to yourself, you all. A lot of us are so satisfied and we can have a neighbor that house is burned, burned down and we don't feel nothing. We're complacent. It ain't my house, so why should I worry about it? Verse 7, therefore you will be among the first to go in exile. Your feasting and lounging will end. Uh, think, think about this. I'm going to take you all there. Remember. You remember Job? Even though Job sacrificed every day for his family. They, 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 the family didn't have to do anything. Job sacrificed, did a sacrifice to God every day. But when Satan decided to ask God, can he test Job? He told him, you can do whatever you do to Job, but don't test this, don't bother his soul. That's what he said. Go back and read that. He said, you know, and Job was fine with it. And so all the destruction went through Job's family. All the destruction went to, and when it got a point that he couldn't take it anymore, he just sat down and be quiet. 
And God had to straighten them out and say, where were you at when I made the earth? He had to get a grip of Joe's pride got in the way. Well, why are you doing this to me? Why am I losing all of this? I did nothing about But that was a trying of his faith. A testing of his faith. Have you ever been in a situation? You don't have to answer, but we'll do, discuss it at the end. Have you ever been in a situation? You know you're in right standing with God. It's always something that comes up, but you you know you're in right standing with God. And you be asking, well, what is this? This is a trying of your faith. It's a test to see where you trust him, even though. Now, rest, when we rest in God, uh, see, rest can be a good and a godly thing. Jesus want to give us rest. And that's in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 29. And what, what I'm doing, you all, I'm just giving you the verses that I want you to read along with me. Uh, because I want to make sure, because I'm recording this. And I want to make sure you get a grip and understand all of it. Matthew 11, verse 28 and 29. 28 says, Come unto me, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. 29 said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, we have talked about this verse several times, and we uh, went over and over and over. All this stuff that we've been testing, all the stuff that come all around, all the stones, all the illnesses or whatever, it's a trying of your faith. If you trust God, we trust, we don't give up halfway. We just rest in his arm, knowing and believing and trusting that he already knows how it's going to end out. But we don't, but we can't allow uh, other things to get in the way to interrupt our, our conviction of knowing who God is in our life. Now go ahead on. It said, then I heard a voice from heaven say, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. Do you all understand what it's saying? When we die and we know who Jesus is and we got Jesus in our heart, we know that the Spirit of God is living with us and we know who, who, who we are. No matter what trial, what trial we go through, it may be our last breath, but one thing you know, the Bible tells us, yes, says the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. They will rest from your labor. When we go to sleep, we rest from our labor. And their deeds will follow them. So whatever we did, the good deeds that we follow, it's, it, there's another scripture that's talking about our, our, our gifts, our riches are stored in heaven. Stored in heaven. And we're supposed to leave something down here for our children and our children's children. That's what we're supposed to do. Uh, and look at, uh, there, there, in Revelation 14, verse 13. Uh, there is another kind of, of sinful rest. Revelation 14 and 13. Now the prophet Amos spoke of a carnal rest, of fleshly, uh, fleshly security. It's not the confidence of a man who is pardoned, but the sense of a hardened uh, wretch who learned to despise the giblet. Some of us can't, uh, I'll throw this in, some of us, that little meat to come out of the chicken, some of us can't stand giblet. This is a natural thing. Now, it is not the assurance of one who is on the rock, but the case of a sinless drunkard whose house is tottering from uh, sandy foundations. You know, there's three types of ground that the Bible talks about. 
a, a, a sandy ground, a rocky ground, and then there's a good ground that you can grow something in it. And what's, what we have to ask ourselves, see, every lesson is a channel check lesson. What kind of ground, ground are you? Are you seeking sand? Whatever, every time you get a word, you don't remember nothing, it goes right on down in the ground. Are you rocky that you can't get the word and just all fizzle fazzle with all the stuff in the way and nothing can grow? It's just so, so rocky that the word of God, when you eat on it, it, it doesn't grow in the way, it just disappear into the ground. Now, one of the questions he asked, he said, uh, let me get down to where it is. Let's see now. And the yet the riots are full speed. It is not the calm of a soul at peace with God. When there's riot and turmoil all around you, you can't have peace with God unless it's deep in your heart. The noises, the boom bop music, all the noise, all the TVs going on. You can't have peace with God because you got too many voices speaking in your heart. Now the peace of one who has grown callous, a hardened, brutalized, stupid, swollen, and careless, who has begun to sleep with God, Grant may be soon be it may be soon uh, given to him. When we become callous, we're hard. Oh, you know what a callous is? Most of us get calluses on our feet because we walk barefooted or something. That's that rough, hard skin. You, you remember way back when Israelite was in Egypt and they were trying to get out of Egypt and God had to harden the heart of the king in order to get them out of that. That hard means sometimes we are so prideful. We can't stand what's going on around us. We become hard to the peace of God because we could become private because God don't do it the way we want to do it let me read this part again let's see it is the peace of one who has grown callous hardened brutalized stupid swollen and careless who has begun to sleep which God grant grant may soon be broken and, and, and our ease will surely bring him where the shall make his bed in hell. That was Spurgeon that said that. I don't know if I need to say it again. Sometimes the stuff that we go through and we just uh, become complacent. We don't pay any attention to anything going on. All we're doing is making our bed in hell. I've heard the elders people say all the time, you're making your bed in hell when you're disobedient to what God, when you ignore what God is saying. But at the same time, I'm saved, sanctified. Mama. I know who Jesus is. But if you're doing, you say you know who Jesus is, that negative spirit, that stupid spirit, that brutalized spirit, all of that is not in you anymore. That's what the word of God said. Now, one thing God hates is pride. The quality of pride, what is pride? Pride is being, uh, such as, uh, is self-esteem. You got too much self-esteem. Uh, you got too much respect. It's, it says a reasonable or justifiable self-respect. A delight or elation arising from some kind of act. That's, uh, in, I looked up in, in Webster Dictionary. But the old saying is pride becomes before the fall. That's in the Bible also. If you want to search it out, Google it and get the scripture. I didn't do it. I leave some things for you all to be able to do. Pride comes with the fall. When we get arrogant, we get settled, settled we, we conceited. That means pride puffs all up that you look look at uh look at the devil. He was one of God's 
best angels, but all of a sudden he figured he could do the same thing God could do. So God booted him out of the heaven. He got so prideful. So when God said he booted him out of heaven, Jesus said he was one day, he was praying and he saw, saw Satan kicked down to heaven, kicked down to hell. That's what happened to him. Verse 8, we're going to go ahead on. Amos, Amos uh, 6 and 8, those came in late. The sovereign Lord has sworn by himself. The Lord God Almighty declares, I abhor the pride of Jacob. They're, they're talking about the country of Jacob. Remember, I'm not going to give you all, I want you to know who Jacob is. And the test of fortress. He was talking to Israel. I will deliver up the city and everything in it. He sent this prophet Amos to tell the people again, if 10 people are left in the house and they too will die, and if a relative comes to carry the bodies out of the house to burn them, ask anyone who might be hiding there. They ask, is anyone hiding there? Is anyone else with you? And he says, no. Then he will go away to say, hush, we must not mention the name of the Lord. Can you all relate to that, what they're saying? Sometimes we have yeah. situations that's going in our, going on in our house, and we know we walked into sin. We know we were disobedient. But then, because of all of this has happened out in the old, in, in, in the world, in the natural, we don't want to say anything about it because we are ashamed of the fact that God didn't cover us. He said, no, then he will go on to say, be quiet, be quiet. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. We must not mention the name of God. This is what this person, this is what Amos said will happen. Because catastrophe come and everybody's killed. You don't want to tell, you don't want to mention the name of God because you get scared. Look, look at, look at Job. He lost everything, but he still mentioned the name of God. When his friends came in and sat down from all those weeks and they didn't say, and he didn't say nothing. And they did first of all, they said, well, you must have did something wrong. Cause we know kind of what kind of man you are. You sacrifice all the time. You had to do something wrong. And he just sat there, let them run, run their mouth after God had already done whooped them about who you think you are. And he, when they came, his friends came in and sat down and they just looked at him. First they, they talked. Well, you did, you had to do something. What'd you do? What'd you do? Go back and read it. It's very interesting how his friends committed, but he never said a word. Never said a word. Verse 11 says, for the Lord has given the command and he will smash the great house into pieces and the small house into bits. Listen, you all. Listen. What the word of the Lord is saying to us. For the Lord has given the command. And he will smash the great house into pieces. And the small house into bits. Do horses run on rocky crags? Have you ever seen a horse being able to run a race on rocks? I'm asking you all in the natural. Think about this. Have you ever seen a horse being able to run run a race on rocks? And does one plow the sea with oxen? Are you able to go down in the sea and plow it? This is some things that we have to think about. We can't be so complacent we don't think about things. Be able to read the scriptures and relate it to your own life. Uh, Verse 12, going on to verse 12. But if you have turned justice into poison and the fruit of righteousness into bitterness, you who rejoice in the conquest of Lodabar and say, did we not take 
Corrected by our own strength. That's what they're saying, you know. God didn't do this. I did this myself. God did God had nothing to do about it. You remember you remember Gideon when Gideon when God sent Gideon to the war and he, he told God told Gideon, get some get rid of those people. First the one that's all scared and afraid, send them home. And more than half of them had to go home. And then he told them, Well, take the rest of them down by the water and let him drink. And every day, every Sunday that I get to te- text this lesson, I-, I try to say to you all, read the word of God. Get it in your spirit. So when all this stuff comes up, the, sp- the Holy Spirit has something to bring back to your remembrance. He can't bring back if you ain't got it, if you ain't never read it or nothing. And it said, going on, it said, for the Lord God Almighty, still in verse 13, for the Lord God Almighty declares, I will stir up a nation against you, Israel. That would oppress you all the way. From Lebo Hamath to the valley of the Arab. Woe to you who complace who are complacent in Zion. And I, I'll say this to you all today. Woe to you who are complacent as a in the kingdom of God. As a Christian, as a person that says, I have the Spirit of God living in me. Woe unto you that are complacent, that ain't doing nothing. You're satisfied just knowing the fact that you know Jesus. He said, woe to you. Woe unto you who are living into the kingdom of God. And that's pretty much the whole lesson, you all. Just just said, we have to know what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Because there are so many things happening. Now, there's already been two two viruses that, remember, the first, first two years ago, uh, the COVID came about. And then his cousin came a little bit after the COVID uh, in 2021 was in it. His cousin came by, and now that other nasty spirit. See, you couldn't see, you couldn't tell if a person had COVID. You couldn't tell it unless they told you. You couldn't look at it and tell them, tell you they had COVID. But now the new thing that monkeypox. All you got to do is look at their face and see those bumps up there. He, God done released it. So if you see those that was complacent playing dummy like you couldn't see it, he done brought another another one out. Another a nasty spirit. And this one comes when you touch skin, when you're touching each other, and they're, they're trying to say it's not a tr- sexual transmitted disease. It's not only sexual transmitted. It's transmitted because when you got dirty hands and you touch somebody else, that's the kind, it's coming out all over your face. So if you need the video, I can send you the video. You can see all the big old bumps. And this one lady that the video I, I sent out, the one lady said, well, first she just had one little small pimple. Then the next thing she had a big old pimple with some white stuff and a bunch of bumping all around her face. And then after a few days, that all went away. But under that, it was, uh, Got all of her skin. It, it's like not smallpox. What what is that other one? Chickenpox. Chickenpox. I remember I had chickenpox. I had chickenpox when I was young, and, and all those bumps all over me, big old and the, what they had to scale up. You could pull the scale off, but if they hadn't dried up under there, then when you scale file off, they would just pus and turn into uh, big old sores. We have to think about what we're doing. We have to really think about it. We got, we said we're living in the kingdom of God and we got sores all over us. Pussy sores. Think about this. You, you're a masseuse. Your work, your job is working, being a masseuse. And one day you injured your hand 
And every time you go to massage somebody, that scab comes off and all that blood that's in your hand as you're massaging somebody, your blood goes onto them. We can go spiritually. We can go spiritually. It's when we tolerate ignorance. When we tolerate ignorance, we make the blood of Jesus a non-effect. Because we just come complacent. It ain't me. It ain't me, but at the same lip you're saying to your child of God. Say again, woe, woe to those who are complacent. Woe to those who are complacent. Now, now you are hopefully this lesson, uh, let's, let's go ahead on to Little Red Riding Hood. I hopefully you all looked at the, the whole, whole, uh, video. I had to go back and look at it again. First thing, Little Red Riding Hood mother told her, don't talk to strangers. Strangers. She said, don't talk to strangers. But what is it? She's going through the woods, blah, 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 blah. And, and the, uh, big old wolf there turn around and start talking to him. In the school, they teach the kids, stranger danger, you walk, run away yelling as loud as you can. That's one of the things that don't talk to strangers. And he, he even offered, he offered her something. I can't remember what it was. I don't know if it was candy or whatever. You can just think about it. The big bad wolf offered her something. And, but she, she didn't accept it, but, uh, she just said, I'm going to my grandma's house. I just went all the way. Complace, complace. She was, she was satisfied with life herself. She didn't pay no attention. She didn't remember what the mother said. Don't talk to Dr. Stranger. So when she, so what he did, she told him where she was going and he ran ahead of her. Ain't that like the devil? He, we know exactly what God tells us to do. Exactly. But what we do, we run ahead God. We run ahead of what God wants us to do. Then we start to do it on our own way. On our, how we want to do it. But when she got to the house where grandmother was, the grandmother had already been eaten up. The, I, I, it was amazing to me how he was able to pick up that little lady and swallow her whole. And so when, when, he, when she got to the house, <coughs> excuse me. So when she got to the house, he was able to, uh, over talker and then he turned around picked her up and ate her up whole but before she was eaten she screamed and a person that was outside working a farmer or somebody outside working came in dragged the wolf by his legs and shook him upside upside down and they were still alive but you all you can look at that in the spiritual sometimes when these uh, disasters and, uh, and, and attack of the enemy comes up against us. God gives us power. We have the power to walk on serpents, to cast out demons. But you, if you're a complacent person and you ain't learning the word, if you're procrastinating all the time and not paying attention to what's going on around you, your doom day is coming. You're not resting in the arms of Jesus. You're resting in your own flesh. He gives us power. Once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become the same as Jesus. He gives us power. He said he he was going to ask his Father to send us another comforter. Somebody that could live in us. And that's what the Spirit of God is. He lives within us. He gives us power. He gives us wisdom. He gives. God does not want us in a pity zone. There are too many people in a pity zone. That pity can't do nothing with you but make you have an open door for the enemy to get you. When you're sitting there selfish, being pity, a, a pity zone is a form of selfishness. A form of pride. 
the best way to c- c- get all of that out of our system is know the word of God. When you know the word of God, no matter what comes up against you, you don't have to deal with it because you will know. The Holy Spirit can bring it back to your remembrance. This is what you can do. I find myself, you all, talking to a lot of women, especially, uh, again, uh, God has rebloomed my ministry. My ministry has always been to the confused, misused, and abused women. And now seem like they're coming out of the woodwork again because people are so confused about what's going on in the world. They're not paying any attention as to who is in them. If the Spirit of God does not live in you, all you got to do is take some time and ask. God will give you whatever you ask. He said, you recognize my son. I'll, I'll give you the same kind of spirit I got. I'll give you the same uh, uh, conviction that I have. You're able to, when, a, when a, uh, uh, somebody throws a stone at you, I'm talking about natural, a natural rock with you, the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to duck. But if you're full of pride and arrogant and you don't know who God is, you won't get done. You get knocked in the head. And that's what a lot of things we have happen. We listen to voices. Listen to crazy voices. And over the last last week, I was dealing with the fact that I uh, had to straighten out these little, uh, what you call them, the little doctors that come to my house. I don't care what you said. And I'm not going to be putting a whole lot of medicine in my in my mouth. I'm sitting in a chair, in a wheelchair, and I'm not taking all that junk just because you don't have faith. I have faith and I trust God. No matter what, I trust God. If he said, don't take it, don't take it. But I eat healthy and I, I eat right. I don't eat a bunch of junk food. I don't drink no sodas. Sodas got formaldehyde in it. And I keep telling y'all, keep drinking them. They don't have to embalm you. You be dead and no embalming needed. We have to allow the Spirit of God to teach us so that I can go out and help somebody else, you all. Just knowing Jesus, that's not our assignment. If you want to know our true assignment, read Acts. Start out with Acts 1 and read the, read the whole little chapter of Acts 1. There Jesus tells us exactly what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go out and tell somebody, but you can't tell me or nobody else nothing when you ain't got it together yourself. Amen? Amen. Uh, what we're going to do, you all, I, I, I love you all so much. I want to uh, 